today, I just want to get straight to the point. So one thing that has been burning my soul, literally burning my soul, is listening to prosperity preaching. Prosperity preaching has really kicked it up a notch. Um, simply because it's like it's almost like threatening people now. Like saying like if you don't donate, you know, one tenth of your income or earnings to the church, that God is not gonna bless you. And the fact that I've just been seeing this over and over and over, and now even in like certain other spiritual communities, it's like just very weird and it's rubbing me the wrong way. And I know that as a person who the Holy Spirit resides in me and within me and around me, if something burns my soul, something is not right with it. Now, we're all very familiar um, with tithing right it's after the motivational speaker aka the pastor or preacher gives a motivational speech with some supplication with some scripture supplication pretty much you know they start playing music they try you know you're crying you know your your spirit is weak and tired at this point because you you know you you probably feel convicted a little bit and now they're singing and dancing and now they're ready for you to give, you know, money to the church. Now, you are definitely supposed to be in reciprocal relationships, right? Everything should be reciprocal. So if the church is giving you a word of encouragement, right, the least you can do is give, you know, a, a small uh, finance, small financial gift or um you know donate your talents or your skill sets or whatever to the church you know even if it's something external like let's say if you're a plumber you know like every once in a while you know you could offer your services like hey you know I come here every Sunday with my family you know I own a plumbing business um if you ever need anything call me right and I got y'all free of charge like like simple stuff like that right it, it could even be a barter system. Like, tithes doesn't exactly mean money. And I know that, especially because I've seen it throughout the scriptures time and time and time again. So when there's a point where we're basing everything off of Leviticus 27.30 and, you know, Malachi 3.10, I needed to, I needed to go back. I needed to read it. I needed to see, like, what did God mean? And sometimes even when I get confused and, like I said, something just really rubs my spirit the wrong way, I'll even go into the Strong's Accordance because I need to know what is God saying. <laughs> um, so let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at Leviticus 27.30. So scripture says, Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So when we translate that to the easy version, it says one-tenth of everything that comes from the land 
is holy to the Lord. It may be grain or fruit. It belongs to the Lord. So Leviticus 27.30 is not talking about money at all. We're literally talking about the project, the process of vegetation. And you can tell because in Leviticus, pretty much God is reteaching the Hebrews how to live, how to stabilize their own land. Remember that they came, they just came out of Egypt, right? They had been working as slaves and servants taking care of someone else's land. God is now giving them their own land. So God is teaching them like, hey, you know, those fruits that you be eating, give them back. You can be like, it's not give them back so that you don't have them. Let's give them back so you could continuously have them. So when you finish eating that, you know, throw that throw that seed back in the dirt. Let it grow. And it's going to give you multiplication. Why? That little small seed, right, from that apple, from that mango, from whatever you're eating, when you give it back to the earth, I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to make it into a big, huge mango tree, right? Like, that's, that's what that means. And I think that it's very important for uh, Christian people to really read the Bible for themselves. Because that can be, that's a big debate, especially in the Christian community. Like, a lot of preachers think that because the people don't read the scriptures for themselves, that they could just you know, kind of run over them. And I know all too well so many stories of people who have donated so much money to the church in expectation of getting these big, wealthy payouts. And it's like, no, there is no story in the entire Bible, the entire Bible, where God said that you had to give money to get money. I've never seen it. And I've literally read the book front to back. From Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, no one was ever told that you need to give your money to a church in order to get blessed. No. Even in the Old Testament, before they had churches, it was the temple. And the priests were making sacrifices. And the people who were around, surrounding the city, they were all responsible to take care of the priests to take care of the um, the rest of the clergy, right? But it was to take care of them. It wasn't to give them one-tenth of your paycheck. Like, that's not what that said. What it means is that if you was cooking, if you was cooking dinner, right? And let's say it's, it's Sunday, your, it's your day to cook dinner. You ha- just happen to make too much food. You go over to the temple, you give the, the pastor and the clergy food. That's tithing. That's giving back. That's taking care of the priest. And then somebody else would do it on Tuesday. Somebody else would do it this. Like, you know what I mean? That's the actual cycle of tithing. It's not physical money. And that's important to know because even in even in the context, at that time in the Old Testament, there was no physical money. Everything was a bartering system. So, you know, when they try to use scripture to push these agendas that's when Christians need to get back into their scriptures and say wait what do you mean God is not going to bless me unless I give one tenth of my paycheck or one tenth of my earnings or what you need to start asking them questions y'all never ask them questions there is a, a great fear that especially in the black community 
that Black people in particular have against asking questions. And that that's why, to me, it's gotten out of control. So this all stemmed from... This all stemmed from my, my worship on Sunday. Now, usually I worship on Saturday because Saturday is Sabbath, but this Saturday was just hectic for me and I ended up worshiping on Sunday instead. So I'm watching, you know, different uh, live churches and I get to this one and this, there's this one pastor who I really, really like. Like, I think... You know, he's he's young, he's ambitious, he has great messages. He's definitely, you could definitely tell that he's chosen, he has gifts, you could tell. But um, I think that when you do have those prophetic gifts, like when you are really, truly a real chosen, you got to be very careful of like who's around you and what deals you come into and what contracts you sign and who puts you on because they can kind of mold you into using your gifts for bad instead of good. So this whole time watching this service, and at first it was good, like it was such a good service. I was like, wow, like he's really preaching. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) all of a sudden the whole scripture just turned, like he just turned the whole sermon upside down. Because he says, First, he says that, um, I don't want to be too specific because I don't want to put him on the spot. But at the end of the day, I feel like he's truly in a battle fighting for his souls. And I don't think that when somebody's in that type of battle that you should put them on the spot. I don't believe in that. I think that God is working on him. And I just pray that he becomes strong enough to fight against the evil that is trying to work through him. So I don't want to be too specific, but pretty much he was just saying things like how helping the poor and the homeless is, is not enough to get a big blessing from God. And I just, I wanted to jump through the computer screen because that's a lie. Jesus Christ himself even said, like, those are the, type, those are the people who you should be helping. Not giving your church, that's a mega million, million dollar church. One-tenth, no. Take your one-tenth, divvy it up, and go donate to charity. Go donate to food drives and and shelters and people who are in need. And then if you don't believe that, if you're an Old Testament head, okay, well, in the Old Testament, it says that you should be taking care of the women and the children, the widows and the orphans. That's who we should be donating to. It doesn't say to give majority of your money to the church doesn't say that and as we clearly discussed Leviticus 27 30 they're talking literally about vegetation so I'm just not understanding you know I'm not understanding that and it, like I said it rubbed me the wrong way because it's like well what are you teaching people what are you telling people you're telling people Oh, that if they give the homeless person on the street, mind you, that's in their community, that will use that money to probably go buy food from the community, that, you know, that's one less person that went hungry in your own community. So you're saying that by giving that person some money or whatever that is not worth it, that God didn't see, that the angels didn't record that and report it back, that, that's a lie. That's a bold-faced lie. And then, like I said, to say that, like, it was even to a point 
So he was like, giving to the poor is only gonna make you poor. Like some crazy, like it just started to get so crazy. And I was getting so frustrated because like I said, I was so into discernment at first because it was so good. Like it was so good. Like I don't even know how he just snuck that prosperity preaching in there. I don't know where it came from. Like what? Um, unbelievable. So, like I said, it just really kind of like burned my soul because here you are in front of like hundreds of thousands of people and you're saying this stuff and not everybody is well versed in the scriptures. Not everybody has fully accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So the Holy Spirit is not with them to show them discernment, to show them, mm, nah, that, that's not even true. What are you saying? Like, right? So now it's like, you're t- like so <laughs> it's like you're literally telling people, oh, don't, don't help the people who are poor and in need no take your money and and give a big huge blessing to the church that already has millions of dollars and does nothing to help their own community members to help their own church members nothing but like you know what i'm saying it don't add up to me and i just didn't like that then it's like just continuously getting these rises of fire in my soul. Because then there's this uh, spiritualist on YouTube who I used to watch every day faithfully. Um, until the Holy Spirit told me like, nah, she's, she's a false prophet. And I'm like, how? How would she be a false prophet? Like she teaches nice messages, you know, like, she has a really nice, soft voice. Like, you know, she's she knows a couple of scriptures. She claims that she's the follower of Jesus Christ. I'm like, how are you saying that she's a false prophet? <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, when you ask God something, God is going to tell you, like, within such a short amount of time. So I think, let's say I said that three days ago. Today, this morning, she releases a video. Because mind you, I keep giving this girl a chance. And I'm like, like no, like I don't, I don't want to believe that. You know, I don't, don't want to believe that somebody who I've watched all these years could just all of a sudden be like this money-hungry person. That doesn't make sense. So I'm watching the video. And as I'm watching it, she goes that she is, she's going to be, she is saying that she wants to be an intercessor for people um, to pray for them because they're having spiritual blockages and 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 they need someone to pray for them and and you know she she prays and she fasts and she does all this stuff right so at first oh so she's like yeah i want to do like a group you know i want to start a group so i'm thinking like it's a free group all right because once once you start talking about praying for people and fasting for people that stuff is free like that that's just a no-brainer and then it gets it gets worse. So she goes, um, how the Holy Spirit told her that she needs to charge a lot of money for this service. A big, huge red flag. What? No, 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 no. First of all, that's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. You're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did not tell you to charge people money. The Holy Spirit knows what's going on in the world. You think that they're, the Holy Spirit is really going to tell you to charge people hundreds of dollars for a service that they can get on their knees and do it self for free? 
No, you tell those people to prize to uh <laughs> yo hold on, I think I just came up with a word. Prasting, way prayer and fasting. Lit watching them to steal it. Just like how they stole Brecky. That's how they stole Matchy Matchy. They steal all my words and they become popular and famous and then I'm like, wait, I thought I was the only person who said that. Anyway. So yeah, like you're charging people hundreds of dollars for a service that they could get on their knees and do themselves for free. What are you talking about? They don't need you to intercede or whatever for them. Because at the end of the day, who are you? You feel me like, like, whoa. So, this is why, again, like I said, all week is like my soul had been irritated. (laughs) Because I'm just like, what what is going on in the spiritual community? Like, what's up? Because if anything, scripture says that you are in the world, but you are not of the world. Asking people who are already broke for money to receive blessings from God. God is free. What are you talking about? Big red flag. As soon as your pastor gets up there and start telling you that you need to tithe or you need to give them money or you need to do this or you're not going to get blessings, please walk out of that demonic place. That's demonic. It's one thing to say that you're going to cast lots or do your, your tarot or whatever you're doing and you, you're going to claim that you're going you're gonna to charge people for, for using the, the tarot cards or whatever. At the end of the day, you're not even supposed to be doing that. Let's keep it above, right? But at the end of the day, that's that's something that's just, like, everything about it is just all. But once you say that you're doing something on behalf of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit told you to charge, or God said that he won't bless your your, your church members if they don't pay, what that is so dangerous and that's why like when I was younger there's a scripture I think close I think in Revelations where Christ says pretty much like get away from me I never knew you and they're gonna say oh but I casted out demons in your name and I did this and I prayed and I fasted and I I did that I did that and Christ is gonna say I never knew you because you never knew me I would never tell you to tell people who've come into church on drugs, suffering from sex addiction, suffering from all kinds of legal situations, suffering from poverty, suffering from homelessness. I would never tell you to tell my people who are already broken that I'm not going to bless them if they don't give you money. What? What are we talking about here? This is why Christians need to know God for themselves. You cannot trust someone else to to know about God. You have to go for yourself. That's why it's like every time that I do a podcast, I never come on here and claim claim to be a, a minister, a pastor, a priest, or nothing like that, even though technically I could. I could. I do have the the I did do the Nazarene uh, the Nazarene initiation. I did do that. I could, 
but no because at the end of the day I'm just a person I'm just a person with a fire podcast I know a lot about God and I know a lot about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit God Jesus Christ is all within me but I don't you know why because that's a major responsibility that's a responsibility the size of the world when you decide that you want to be a, a mega pastor or a mega priest a mega deacon whatever it is a well-known clergy right you put the, the the burden of the world on your shoulders but you get your strength through God so how are you saying that God is saying for them to give you money when you didn't get your gifts from yourself you didn't get your gifts from your school you didn't get your gifts from the theology class you got your gifts from God you got your ability to preach from God. You got your charisma from God. Those things were free, right? So what's up? Anything that you are doing and selling should be the work of your hands. That's scripture. The work of your hands, labor, actual labor is what you sell. But in regards to inspiring people, in regards to talking about God, preaching about God, uh, praying for people, claiming that you're fasting on behalf of people, whatever that, whatever spiritual things that belong to God, those things are free, and that's it's a period after that. It's not, oh, they're you know usually no, they're free. Period. There's no debate about that. There's so many church members who just I just feel in my spirit like the Holy Spirit is just like showing me like so many church members who just don't even go to church because they don't have the money that day and they feel like because they usually give or because they they usually you know high up in the church and they usually give you know these big portions that they check that that one Sunday that they can't give they feel like they're not worthy to go to the church so all of a sudden they're not there that's crazy or 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 when they try to make you get up and, and, and put the money in the basket and put it just allowing the collection plate to just come around. You don't need to know who's giving money and who's not. Like, you're exploiting people. If you care so much about getting money from the, for the church, then you don't need people to write their names on their envelopes. No, because then that means that God would have seen, right? If you decided you're going to give the church $1,000, just off grip. Maybe you got $100,000 and you was inspired to give the church $1,000, right? That's something that God probably could have told you. I've had that happen to me. I've had that happen to me where I received a huge blessing. And all of a sudden, I, I just felt compelled to, you know, donate some of the money to the church. But it's a church that, you know, a community church, I always go there. I like the preaching, you know, like they good people as a community church. They're not billionaires. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to, you know, I'm, I'm going to obey. I'm going to go. I went to the church. The service was like tailor-made for me. Of course, I move and I, I give, you know, this donation or whatever. But I don't put my name on the envelope or nothing like that because for what? God told me to go and do what I did. It, that's the only person who needs to know. You don't, you don't need to know it's me. What? Why? So you could call me and, and thank me and 
make me feel pressured to do it again and again and again. No. So, like I said, I didn't put my name or whatever. But anyways, towards the end of the service, they ended up saying, you know, that the first lady, she needs, like, you know, money to um, to support her for some medical stuff or whatever. You know how moved I felt? You know how used I felt? Like, that. I'm telling you, anything that you do, even with your money, God sees. God is watching what you do. God is watching you be a cheerful giver. God is watching how you how you help and even like I said if you don't have money watching how you help with your talents with your services watching you make other people happy watching you cheerfully share you know be be gleeful when you are being generous God is watching that why because that's what Jesus did anywhere that Jesus went if Jesus had something everybody had if Jesus had nothing he multiplied <laughs> he multiplied and found a way and still took care of everybody even with nothing. That is what we should be aspiring to be like. That is what we should be aspiring to tell people because that's how you're going to get your blessings. It is truly following the Ten Commandments and then having the fruit of the Spirit because they they really coincide with each other. If you're thriving with the Holy Spirit who gives you the fruit of the Spirit, there's no way that you're breaking the Ten Commandments. Now, granted, there may be a million and one little sins in between, but the Ten Commandments be the most important because they're they're universal laws. If you're thriving with the Holy Spirit, you're in the clear. So you're gonna get blessings regardless, even in the times where you feel like your blessings is being held up, even when you feel blocked, even when you feel like you can't make a move. You really think that God is going to let a good person suffer? No. You're, if you're feeling blocked, which is something that I've learned and am learning, anytime that you feel blocked, anytime that you feel like something is not going in your way, it's because it's not time. You see, there's a time for everything. That's a scripture. Time to laugh, time to cry, right? There's a time for everything. That has. So what that means is that even in the seasons where things are just moving slow, things are not going in your favor, maybe, you know, you're looking for a new job, you're looking for a new place, you're waiting for some money to come in, you're waiting for someone to come, like whatever it is, there's a time for everything. And sometimes the most important thing to God is the person who you are in between those blessings. Who are you in between you waiting on him? That's who you are. That's your character. Who are you when no one's looking? That's your actual character. And that is the person who's most like, that's the person who's most important to God. God doesn't care about the person who you pretend to be on the outside. That person means nothing to God. Your persona means nothing to God because God knows the true you right so who are you when no one is watching that is the person that god is testing so with all of that said notice that i have not once said that in order to receive a blessing you must donate you know bread to receive god's blessings no There's a million and one ways. 
million and one ways that you can tithe. Like I said, you can simply tithe with vegetation. Now, granted, we live in a capitalistic society that prevents us to, to you know, do these large bouts of veg- vegetation without state, um, without state regulations and, and policies and forms and all that crap. But, you know, even in your own, like, in your own land, like, if you could have a little vegetation, go and have it, God is going to bless it. Even if you're doing a little, a little tomatoes, a little peas, a little onions, whatever, God will bless that. You feel me? Because we were told from, from the beginning, Genesis, that we were the rulers of the earth and we were supposed to subdue everything in it. And every seed, right, is expected to be replanted. We were taught vegetation in the very beginning. Leviticus mentions it again. That's one way of tithing. Why? Because think about it. Your one little seed, like I said, can turn into a whole tree. So it would go from one seed, one mango seed, to about 20 mangoes in its due season. Right? Again, you could definitely support the church. But you could also support outreach programs. You can also do voluntary acts. Voluntary acts of giving. Like I said, that's given to people who are in need, right? Helping people who are in need. Most of the time that means helping strangers who are in need, helping the homeless, helping the poor, helping the needy, right? Offerings, offerings is is charity donations. If you have extra bread, look for your favorite charity. Look for a favorite charity or Every, every couple of, you know, every time that you get like a, a big major amount of bread and you want to thank God, look for a charity that resonates with you, right? So my charity is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, like black girls who are in the foster care system or adoption agencies or any type of agency that takes care of children. That's usually who I will donate to, right? Because that just resonates with me. But yours might be different. Yours might be veterans. Yours might be uh, uh, the the heart care society, the cancer society, right? Everybody has their different things. That's okay. Donate or give those people offerings. Give those places offerings because they're going to use that money and they're going to double it. Somebody's going to gain on it. Now, granted, those huge societies like the the American Heart Society, I don't donate to those big ones because they don't they don't give that money to the regular people. I'd rather give to a local charity than a bigger charity, but that's on you, right? It could be, like I said, anything. Even donating your time, your talent, right? To support the church or to support your community. That's what God wants to see. That's it. Not not you giving the, the pastor all your money. No. No. See, prosperity preachers, they teach that God God wants believers to be financially prosperous and successful in life, right? Um, in all aspects, they often even associate material wealth with God's favor. That's true. That's 100% true. There was never a prophet or a chosen person in the scriptures who didn't have material wealth. So they're right, right? Especially when you think about Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, 
to prosper you, right? Not to do you harm, but to prosper you. And there's plenty of other scriptures. I think even Isaiah 46, maybe. But there's plenty of other scriptures that also support that, that God wants to bless you. God wants you to have, you know, bread and things like that too. Like, yeah, Satan may rule, have rulership over the earth, but he doesn't rule the earth. He has rulership. That means that he could easily be thrown off ship. Um, right? And they got that. That's true. But then where they take this whole, like, seed of faith thing, it's, it's, it's like pretty much where they have this principle where believers are urged to donate money to the church or ministry with the expectation that the financial gift will be resulted in, in multiplied money from God. But what if it's not? This, this is where I have a problem. It, it's making promises on behalf of God that what if God doesn't fulfill it right away? What if what if these people keep believing you, saying that you need to keep giving money, and then they end up with nothing because they gave you everything? Do you help them? See, it would be different, at least to me, if the church was saving at least a portion of the funds that they was getting and using it for emergency funds for their church members. So even if you can't pay, you know, a church member who's in an extraordinary need three months rent on their behalf, at least be able to pay one. I've never seen any church that does that. And if there is, it's because one is probably a true man or woman of God at the head of that church. And two, because they just, they just different. But I personally never seen that ever even to say okay you know um like for example a lot of churches in new york a lot of churches in new york be mega churches i don't really see them giving back anything to the church members nothing so think about it you gotta spend your money on your outfit because they judge you you know how that goes so you gotta do your hair, nails, whatever, get your hair cut, whatever, no sneakers and stuff. But you know, they're gonna look at you. Then you gotta pay your gas or pay your metro fare. Then you get there, you gotta pay off your tithes. Right? That's that's all that bread that you spend in just, just for one Sunday. Then of course you gotta eat and stuff after, right? You might go out to eat or you might buy dinner, cook home, whatever. Let's say you do this four or five years straight, every Sunday. Sometimes you even help, volunteer your time, everything. And one day you just happen to fall on a really, really bad time. I'm I really, I'm even gonna open up a, a, a chat on the podcast, but I, I, I need to ask. How many of you feel comfortable to ask your church for some type of fund or some type of grant? I wish I could insert crickets. People don't even feel comfortable because they already know what's up. Right? Like, that's why that prosperity preaching is not, it's not valid. It's not valid. It's not valid at all. Telling people that God is going to heal them physically, 
you know, and, and have them in perfect health as a result of their faith and financial giving. What? When, let's, let's talk about it. Hold on. Let's talk about it. When Jesus was in the crowd, right? He was passing through the city. This was in the very beginning. And he was looking for who? The lost, the lost ones, the lost, the lost tribes. There was a woman, a Gentile woman who had so much faith. She heard so much about Jesus and his miracles and that he was the son of God that she bled for, what is it, 12 years? She bled for a very long time. And she has so much faith that if she even touched the hem of his garment, that she would be healed. And what happened? She even got almost trampled over just reaching for the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said he felt his virtue leave from him. I mean, he felt himself blessing somebody. Peter, like, what you talking about? There's mad people in the crowd. What are you talking about? What? You got people, what you mean? You felt your virtue. Like, Peter is just like, <laughs> yo, I really love Peter because what? He's like, no, somebody touched me. They all looking around. They don't see nobody. All of a sudden, here come this woman on the floor. Jesus was like, you know, first of all, Jesus' conversation with her at first was wild. <laughs> but then he was like, wait, your faith, though? Your faith, because of your faith, you are healed. Did Jesus ask her for tithes? No. Did Peter and any of the homies, any of the, the disciples, did any of them ask her for tithes? No. And did she pay any tithes before? No. Why? Because she was a Gentile. So those Hebrew teachings that they had doesn't mean that she was she was not honoring those Hebrew teachings that were in Leviticus and in Malachi. That was not her faith. She was a Gentile. So it wasn't because she gave money that she was healed. When Jesus when Jesus uh, healed the blind man, did the blind man pay Jesus for his service? No, just faith. When Jesus brought the brought the little girl back back from dead, the little girl died, and the parents went crazy. Like, nah, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Nah, nah, nah. Jesus could bring her back. Faith brought their daughter back. They didn't pay. Hey, Jesus, can I give you $100,000 and, and you could bless me? No. What does scripture say? It is easy. It is easier for a camel to go through a, a needle pen than it is for a rich man to gain the kingdom of heaven. So scriptures are literally contradicting this prosperity preaching. As soon as you hear prosperity preaching, run. Here we go. So... <laughs> that has been today's episode I have another one that I'm probably going to release tomorrow and you know again just just watch out watch out for those prosperity preachers I'd rather you help the poor help the needy help the women help the children help the widows help the orphans those are the people who need help those are the people who need help I believe there's a scripture like where Jesus says that he's not called to those who are healed. He's called to those who are sick, those who are in need. If somebody's already in perfect health, they don't need. What? 
is the people who are in need, the people who are sick, the people who do need healing, people who do need a blessing, a donation. God could be using you. God has used me in so many ways. I'm telling you, and especially for me, money, money really means nothing to me. And I think because money means nothing to me, God continuously replenishes me because money means nothing, nothing. Now, granted, of course, there's some lessons to learn around money and how to be responsible with it so that I can continue to give. But for the most part, nothing. God knows that if he tells me to do X, Y, and Z, I will literally stop my day. I will stop my action and everything, drop everything and go and do what he said. It is obedience and faith, humility, grace, kindness, honesty, patience, perseverance. Those are the things that get you blessed. Not how big your charitable donation to the church is. So I love you all. Until next time.